everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. And I want to welcome you to this episode of Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey, Kat. Hey, everyone. How are you? We have an exciting guest today. I want to just jump right into this podcast. We have with us Rachel Barclay. And besides being an award-winning playwright, um, she is also uh, an actor, writer, and producer of Human Telegraphs, which we're going to be talking about today. Rachel, we want to welcome you to Backstory Sessions. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me. This is really exciting. Oh, it's our pleasure. And so, you know, when I was looking at your website, um, it says that you're a storyteller, that you, that's one of the many hats that you wear, I guess. So uh, we want to get your backstory and uh, find out a little bit about you know, what led you down this path of um, so many different, you know, you, you act, you write, you produce, you write plays. <laughs> so that's a lot of things. Um, you know, when you're thinking of a story, uh, do you typically start like chronologically or do you start from some point and, um, you know, look back or um, a flashback? How, how do you normally approach your writing? Oh, great question. Um, I usually approach it from character. I think about the characters that I would like to write. Sometimes I'll just try to like listen, this sounds odd, but listen for their voices. Maybe just write some, you know, uh, dialogue, uh, stream of conscious like dialogue pieces just to get an idea. Uh, And then from there I would move on to plot. But sometimes I may just have a really cool plot idea and then I'll think about characters. But oftentimes when I do have a cool, like a story premise or idea, the characters are already baked into it in a way. But I usually start with characters and, and voices, which probably is why I, I chose playwriting specifically or, or uh, TV screenwriting, because um, it's all about character voice for the most part. That's really what pushes the, the plot forward. Um, so uh, when in your life did this love of storytelling and dialogue, uh, where does it begin? Uh, probably from reading a lot as a kid. I loved to read. We weren't really allowed to watch TV growing up, my sisters and I. And we lived out on a farm for a few years. I just remember reading and writing a lot. Uh, as a way to pass the time. And I used to create plays that my sisters and I would act in and perform for our family. And so that's always just kind of been, I guess, a part of the family DNA of uh, how we you know, pass time together. And I did a lot of theater in high school and I was a, a BFA acting major in undergrad. Uh, but in undergrad, I started to take creative writing courses and I really fell in love with poetry specifically, then also playwriting. And that's when I knew that I probably wanted to write for the stage, and I was more interested in that than acting. So I kind of put acting the back burner for a long time, and I ended up doing an MFA in playwriting uh, in Washington, D.C., 
And so it was a very um, uh, rich environment, I think, to write because there were actually, it's, I didn't realize this until I went to grad school there, but there's a huge art scene in Washington, D.C. You know, aside from theater, which there's a really strong, thriving theater scene in Washington, D.C., there's a wonderful poetry scene there, specifically spoken word poetry. Um, and of course, there's a lot of activism there. And so it was just a really rich environment to find my voice as a playwright. Um, and then, and then I eventually moved to New York to pursue playwriting and then I fell into film, uh, and I've never looked back. Um, so were, were your siblings, uh, when you, when you would write these plays and, you know, act them out, uh, for your family, like were the family members, the character inspirations or. I think a lot of it was probably inspired from the few like movies and shows that we did watch which would be like classic uh you know sound of music mary poppins you know a lot of like classic older films or disney films uh so very uh, larger than life for you know, uh, i guess like you know large architectural type of characters um yeah those are the kinds of plays that we usually performed and you, you always have like a you know a funny older woman ha, 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 and you know, a, a playful, like, younger ingenue character. So really strong in those, like, comedic archetypes. Uh, so do you mostly write comedy? Um, I, yeah, I, I, my thesis play for my grad, my graduate school is actually more of a drama. There were, you know, it was sprinkled with comedic moments. And actually, I do write a bit of dramas as well, but I'd say for the last, uh, seven or eight years I've been more drawn to comedy for sure and even if I do write a dramatic piece there's always a lot of comedy sprinkled throughout so, so yeah. are, are you in general would your friends say you're a funny person I'm definitely a light-hearted person and a bit theatrical and my expressiveness and the way I talk and sometimes I can put on a character myself just more of an exaggerated version of myself I wouldn't necessarily say I'm like you know witty or have a lot of great one-liners that you might find more like I guess in 90s sitcoms like friends you know Chandler has all these funny witticisms or you know sarcastic one-liners I think my comedy definitely comes from characters themselves and their own foibles and, you know, their own comedic way of walking through the world and how they relate to each other. Uh, but I love to laugh. I think I, think I have a, a sense of humor, at least. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I'd say that's where my sense of comedy comes from. It's more uh, personality and character base as opposed to, you know, thinking of really witty things to write or to say. So how much of yourself, um, you know, comes out in your characters? Do you ever like sprinkle bits of you here and there throughout or you know I think in all of my work uh after I've I've, I've watched it or read it later like oh that does kind of reflect you know psychologically what I was going through at the time of writing it so I think subconsciously there are always some themes you know in the character journeys that are very personal that I may, may not even realize the connection to as I'm writing it or I'm workshopping uh the piece I definitely base a lot of characters in my plays or stories off of people that I've grown up with or that I know or just certain archetypes I'm very familiar with, like I said, that I might have grown up with on the screen or in some favorite children's books. Uh, and Human Telegraph, 
uh, is the first time that I wrote a character that I knew was an exaggerated version of myself and that I knew like I would be playing. Um, and so I, I wrote her, her the, the character's name is Lily. I wrote her to, uh, um, I, I wrote like a lot of com- comedic aspects of her that I knew were just like funny quirks that I, you know, I have that my friends, you know, might laugh at. And I wrote her to be very natural for me to play since I hadn't acted in a long time. Um, so is it therapeutic for you to kind of get those moments out through a character that you know you're going to be playing? And then oh, I never that- thought of it like uh- that. But sure, yeah. That, or, or it just could be, like, fun because I know that, especially the character that I play, she's really ridiculous sometimes. And it's just kind of, sometimes it's fun or it could be therapeutic just to laugh at yourself. And, oh, I can, you know, sometimes I am really ridiculous and <laughs> to see yourself, you know, from that perspective. Oh, and so when when you're playing that character, do you ever think like, wow, I'm really like, you know, <laughs> I'm really like more um, something than I <laughs> thought I was? Yeah, yeah. Or I'm like, oh, I'm really going to play her this way, but I'm sure I'm not this way in real life. I'm sure I'm a lot more grounded, you know, <laughs> if I tell myself those things too. But but yeah, yeah, for for sure. It's it's fun to find those those funny moments and exaggerate like my own you know quirks or, or mannerisms um so I, I at least um from watching and I did watch some of the episodes of human telegraphs but um it seems that um you have a very strong female um spotlight on the characters so um how important is that to you um to to give um female characters um kind of the spotlight for a while it's, it's it's very important to me um just starting out as an actor and, and looking at the kinds of roles available you know for most for most women especially young women because I was in my 20s uh when I you know majored in theater uh you know you either have like the romantic interest usually or the classic mother figure and there just isn't a lot of variety and um you know, a lot of these female characters don't really reflect the multifaceted uh, experience that us women have. And so that was really important to me um, to really highlight, you know, different women in different situations and, you know, highlight them as flawed and human and comical and silly and funny. But, you know, ensuring that we show them, you know, that, that, that they have their own desires outside of, you know, wanting a specific relationship or wanting, you know, to achieve a specific kind of appearance, but, you know, desires that have a lot of meat and depth to them. And yeah, that type of representation I think is really important to me because I I think our industry has grown a lot and, you know, representing female voices, but it still has a lot more to grow uh, to, to really enjoy parity with, you know, how many times have we seen that old grumpy man archetype, you know, explored you know, in TV or in film? It happens all the time. And so I'd love to be able to say the same thing about, you know, women of all ages and, you know, of all backgrounds. Well, now this might be a good time to bring you into the conversation. <laughs> sure, yeah. I talk about grumpy old men, and here I am. Right. <laughs> it just, you know, it popped into my mind. It was like timing, you know, is everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, you know, Matt is from New York, so I, oh, cool. I think 
that would be another connection for, um, you know, to talk about human telegraphs. Um, it's really interesting to me, this premise of Matt, um, if, have you ever wanted to send a message to someone, um, you know, right. like have it delivered by someone, not like in a letter, but like actually a human <laughs> speaking for you. Right now, <laughs> like yes. maybe after, that last <laughs> after this podcast, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, tell us what this human telegraph uh, thing is actually about. What's the pre- what's the premise and how long have you been doing it and that sort of thing? Sure. So the the human human telegraphs, which is the three protagonists' business that they start in the pilot episode, is a message delivery uh, business in the vein of bringing telegrams, where they're giving these messages in first person, uh, and but but they really like embody whoever they're delivering the message for so they're they're going to refer to themselves you know in first person you know by the by that by that message sender's name and i I think all three girls take their jobs pretty seriously with that and at the end they they'll tell the recipient oh it's brought to you by the human telegraph and it's um we loved the idea uh when i was exposed to it just because it was a fun way to bring a lot of different characters in the city into each episode which i also love to write like a lot, a lot of different characters coming in, coming in and out right. um, of plots uh, in general. Um, and we love the idea of just uh, highlighting all of the colorful, you know, people that you encounter every day on the streets, on the subway, and also highlighting uh, or exploring the fact that in New York, nothing really is that private. It, we're always kind of caught uh, amidst like very intimate messages or intimate exchanges whether we're in line at CVS and we hear somebody having an argument with their significant other, or we're walking down the street, you know, ourselves and we're like, okay, I'm, I think I'm going to have to cry now, but there's no private space to cry. So I'm just going to cry right here in front of all these people that I'm passing. <laughs> you really can't help but, you know, share your own you know, private musings at, at times or, um, and being tangled in other people's businesses it's because there's so many people per, per square foot in the city. It's, it's impossible to maintain a little bubble around yourself uh, like you would be able to, I think, if you, you know, lived in smaller towns or in suburbs, which I, I grew up in. And so we kind of wanted to highlight that experience as well and kind of uh, uh, bring some comedy into that, into that experience. Yeah. I, I, as I remember, um, there are plenty of people walking around New York talking to themselves and having their own moments. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you just people, you know, when you're surrounded by people all the time, sometimes they just fade into the backdrop. You don't even realize, oh, I just had a whole monologue with myself and I passed at least 20 people on the sidewalk. Yeah. And you don't think anything (laughs) of it. Uh, I'm just curious, where did you grow up? I grew up in central Illinois, about three and a half hours south of Chicago. Uh, And I spent most of my summers in Chicago because my uh, my grandmother uh, lived there. So we spent a lot of summers there. But yeah, I grew up in a small town of around 10,000. Nice. Um, So you start. So how how long has this uh, project been in development? Um, I thought a while. Yeah. We actually, uh, we've been working on it for since conception about five years, 
And we actually, our filming anniversary, or I should say the wrap of our filming anniversary was yesterday. And that was our four-year anniversary because we filmed um, in October and, and November of 2017. So it was really post-production that took a while longer. And I think it was mainly because uh, me and, and my two partners, my two producing partners, Fern and Kayla, who also played the two other leads, mm -hmm. it was our first time fully producing a project of this scale where we had to open up our own LLC, pay taxes, you know, right. do workers' <laughs> comp and all, all of that fun stuff. So then also just every step of the uh, pre-production, production, and post-production process was brand new. And we, we had fantastic collaborators. We loved working with, you know, each of our freelancers in the post-production process and, of course, everybody on set when we, when we filmed. Uh, but it was definitely, you know, super new. And so I think there's a learning curve that comes with that and that took a bit of time and we also had a lot of life changes during those last five years. I got married, moved across the country to get to California, had a baby. Uh, Fern also moved across the country to California and it, lots of different, you know, changes. And of course the pandemic, which uh, didn't really affect our working situation because at that point we were all working remotely and just having video calls and working with our freelancers over different platforms that allowed messaging and whatnot but i think just the shock of the pandemic and the way it just slowed down life for everybody uh definitely uh slowed down the project a little bit in post-production as well so we finished uh or we picture locked uh at the end of july this year and now we're starting a film festival circuit and we're getting ready to release on youtube wow soon. awesome well congratulations on that oh uh, thank you <laughs> So do you have, uh, I mean, is it, is this like going to, I assume this is a series and you are, yeah. um, you know, do you have like a certain amount of episodes that you're doing or? Yeah. So our pilot is released. We actually filmed it on zero budget back in 2017 for our crowdfunding campaign, mm -hmm. which we used to fund the filming of the series. And we, we filmed it as a proof of concept for all of our supporters. So they could see our vision, see the world that we created. Because it's a larger-than-life, more cartoonish version of New York. Um, and see the show premise. And, you know, and then hopefully they'd want to, you know, support it and contribute to it. And that and it worked because we, have, we obviously made it through, through fundraising. Um, so the pilot's been out for a while, but what we filmed and we did our, our huge film shoot in 2017 was episodes two through eight of season one. And that's what we are releasing on Monday, November 15th on YouTube. And it's about a feature film's worth of, of episodes. It's, it's, it's around 90 minutes or a little bit less. Um, uh, each episode's, you know, right around 10 minutes, give or, give or take a few minutes here and there. Um, and and yeah, we're we're really excited. Cool. So it's easy, easily digestible. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely um, digest that little snippet. Eight minutes here, twelve minutes there, whenever you have time. Uh, and we are releasing it all at once for people who want to binge it. They may binge it. Uh, and, and yeah, we're just now starting our, our film festival circuit, having our first, or, or I guess our world premiere, and you know, film festival speak. At, tonight uh, in the heart of new york actually is how it worked out we're, we're premiering in times square awesome. at the big apple film festival so 
it felt really good to have it come full circle, and especially the day after the anniversary of our filming wrap. Like, wow, it was really synchronistic. Yeah. And I'm, we're really happy it's here as well, just because uh, a lot of our cast and crew who worked on the show can can come, you know, see the screening tonight. So, it, yeah, it feels really good. So, and for the listeners, we are going to have a photo of this premiere. <laughs> yes. To share that with you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send you guys several photos. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That'll be awesome. Yeah. So, are you a little nervous about uh, the premiere and all that? I mean, <sighs> I am a little nervous just because, you know, my collaborators and I, we've watched the episode so many times, you know, throughout different uh, parts of the post-production process. And and it's, it's going to be our first time sitting in a movie theater with a large audience and hearing the reaction to, to different moments. And, yeah, a little nervous to see, you know, like how the room feels right. and reacts to the show, but also very excited. Um, so... Is this a real business? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm curious. <laughs> have you... Oh, that's a great question. That's, no, that's a really good question. Actually, uh, the business, I, it's not a real business. And the idea actually came from a podcast episode I listened to, I think, sometime in 2015 or 16 on the subway. And it was so long ago, I can't even remember the name of the podcast. But they interviewed a guy in the podcast who told such an interesting story uh, that it stuck with me. And the story was that he was working in a bookstore in New York, I think maybe in the Lower East Side. And uh, there had been a girl that he'd been dating for a while, and they'd broken up. And he was just restocking books or something, you know, really simple like that. And a short, stocky, I think balding, blonde guy came in and said, oh, are you? I, I'm forgetting everybody's name, but we'll, we'll just make them up here. Are you Rob? And he's like, yeah, I'm Rob. And he's like, hi, it's me, Anna. I'm still in love with you in front of the whole store. And the guy's like, Anna, wait a minute. And he had to put everything together. And then he realized what was going on. And he was a little mortified because I think he was a very private fellow. And here he is in his workplace. And all these customers are looking at him. And uh, it was actually an app. There was, there was an app. I think it's now I – don't, I don't think it's around anymore. Um, I had never used it myself. But there was an app where people could you know, give these, these messages in first person to each other if they decided to. And I just thought, wow, that's very interesting. And what if that was actually somebody's job and their ability to stay in the city and to build a life, you know, for themselves here depended on them being really good at delivering these crazy messages, you know, or, or in these, you know, crazy situations at times. Um, and how would they react to that? And what kinds of people would they come across? And what kinds of messages would they deliver? You know, happy ones, bad ones, awkward ones. I just thought there was so much, you know, it's ripe for a lot of comedic and sometimes, you know, sad material. But Yeah, I mean, really, it's like it could go on and on and on. It's just like a great uh, scenario to, uh, to set up because, you know, you could, there's always going to be messages that people want to deliver and, um the reaction of the recipient and and in the pilot i liked how you know the recipients would pay then to like send a response yeah. so <laughs> even in the business model it's like you know it could be very lucrative uh, and i'm right. not surprised if you don't see like uh you know all kind of maybe human telegraph businesses popping up from this um, but I wonder <laughs> well, if it was cool. like already real and that inspired you or, you know, where you had come up with such an idea. It's really interesting to me. And it also, 
and part of what I was thinking about when, you know, debating whether to do the business idea was like, well, it's, it's very similar to sending a text in that you don't have to see the person's reaction You're, or, or an email. You're having technology do that for you. And, you know, you hear about people quitting their jobs or breaking up with significant others over text now. And, it, you know, it seems crazy, but that's kind of how impersonal our world has become. And so I thought, well, yeah, but what about a message delivery business where it's it's impersonal, but it's also super personal, and that we get to see these people, you know, or, or our main characters, Trisha, Lily, and Margo, get to see the emotional aftermath of these messages, you know, in real time with with the recipients. Mm. Um, so do do you anticipate um because this was going through my mind as you know i consider myself a fan of after watching the the pilot oh thanks um <laughs> uh, and so do you expect that fans may uh start interacting with you uh you know sending you like well you know this is a situation i'd like to have a message sent about um, oh my goodness i would love that i would absolutely love that <laughs> I think that'd be amazing. And not to give too much of a spoiler, but that message where where you saw somebody in the pilot say, well, I want to send a message back. We actually do see, you know, what message she sent back. And we see, you know, the the person on the other side of the message in episode four of, of season one. So stay tuned for that. And we also get to hear a little bit more about Walter from the pilot and what happens to him uh, through a crazy turn of events. So, so we do have characters uh, that do come back and we get to hear about more of their stories or, or we get to see, you know, how relationships, you know, either healed or broke up and how the characters are moving on. Interesting. Uh, well, it, it is really fascinating. I can't wait to see now. I'm like, all excited. <laughs> okay, you know what happens. This um, is right so up Cat's alley. <laughs> it is. You know, like, like, I so, uh, you know, my mind was just going with so many people I would send messages to. It was so little thing. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I think it's great. I just love that. Um <laughs> I love the possibilities of it. The only thing I guess that I wonder is like, you know, will it evolve to like maybe um, someone's going to go and film this so that the person can, you know, the person that's sending the message only imagines it. Um, but, you know, will there be like a video like in season six or something? Oh, hey, that's a cool idea. I didn't think about that. I need to you can make some more room. money, you know, like a little extra, get the video. So many new business possibilities for the girls. She would love that. She's all about growing the business. <laughs> we need to bring you on board. <laughs> so that's what went through my mind. Now, what goes through yours? Like, you know, if you, I'm sure you've, I mean, we've talked about before, if we could send messages, I mean, they're usually just silly that we're thinking of, but, you know, would you, would you pay to send somebody a message? And I mean, I, I might, I, I think I would, I think more about the person receiving the message and, you know, like, I'm sure some of those situations are a bit embarrassing, you know, like, you know, you can. <laughs> yeah, and the pilot, some of them, yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's... Not to give... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, not to give another spoiler moment, but we do have a big message delivery scene in a huge office space 
uh, in one of the episodes, multiple message deliveries where, yeah, it can it can get a bit awkward yeah. when you're in front of a lot of people or in a professional setting and you don't necessarily want your coworkers to know your personal right, business. Yeah. I mean, isn't that the great part of it, really, like of the humor part of it, you know, so the audience can like, you know, just die laughing and be like, oh, my gosh, what if that was me, you know, <laughs> or, oh, I wish that was, you know, so-and-so that I heard with. I'd love to see that happen to them or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a, it's an interesting concept for sure so uh yeah so what uh what other projects do you have going on i mean i, I know this has like been the focus of everything that you've been doing for you know a long time but um yeah well right now it's a hundred percent working on um, human telegraphs because we're in the middle of the film festival circuit. So we just started applying to uh, festivals a, a month or two ago and are just now starting to hear back from some. Of course, most of the festivals we'll hear back, we'll hear back from in 2022 right. and hopefully be making our rounds. And that's taking up you know, a lot of time and of course, really launching the series online on November 15th. And we'll be doing a lot of social media work with that. But creatively, alongside Human Telegraphs, I've been working on a a young adult novel <laughs> and so a completely different genre uh, a fantasy novel um and then i think after you know human telegraphs is done at least the film festival circuit we'll see if you know the goal actually is to transition the show to uh 30 minute episodes on a major streaming platform mm. so we'll see where where we'll end up going you know from here whether that's what happens or we decide to fundraise again for a season two and have it be more of a web series format again still up in the air interesting yeah i could see it being expanded and showing like the whole you know the whole arc of like the person ordering the message and then the delivery and the aftermath and that kind of thing yeah, I'd also like to do a lot more uh, character, you know, backstory and character development that we could do in 30 minutes, you know, 30 minute episodes as opposed to 10 minute episodes. We do do a lot of character development in season one as you get to know the three girls and you learn that Lily is a is a feminist playwright and Margot, you know, has a big acting opportunity. She's a, an aspiring actor, but things go a little a little nuts or, or crazy as as they often do in New York and and Trisha finds her footing as an entrepreneur and so you do kind of you know you, you do get to witness their growth and arc in season one uh, but I'd love to do you know like you know even more in depth with 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 their journeys yeah. and have that move alongside the progression of the business any any thought on bringing like a guy in to sort of you know <laughs> into the business yeah probably not but but we do have a lot of funny leading males in season two that you didn't meet in the pilot uh we have two lead males uh, one's an arch nemesis and then one's a love interest uh and 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 those actors are are hilarious and, and the characters are really fun um so there is a there is a male presence throughout the season along with the girls but not necessarily you know working in the business just more in 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 the world of human telegraphs right okay okay i was just curious <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> male perspective you know 
right, right. <laughs> have to have the balance. I'm sure there's a lot of guys or a lot of women who would like to send a guy, you know, but well, however that works. <laughs> send the guy a message that does happen. Yeah, yeah. One. yeah. yeah, it sure and does. We ha- I mean, yeah, I, I watched, you know, as I was saying, I watched it and, um, I think it's very interesting because, um, you know, the, the, the sender is feeling all these things, obviously to, you know, to send this message. Um, but then the recipient, you know, they have to kind of like keep their feelings almost, um, you know, they're just absorbing what the other person, um, you know, it's being delivered all dramatically, (laughs) you know, and they're like in shock, like they don't really know what's going on. And, but they're hearing these words they know are meant for them. So it's so interesting to watch the reaction. And, um, you know, I'm sure like if it really were to happen to you, you know, I don't really often put myself on that other side of what it might feel like because right. I'm that always sees I would be sending the message. But you know, <laughs> I think that's really interesting to see what those characters, I mean, that's all, that's like, um, you know, they, they may not get to say a lot back, but you get to see a lot of how they're impacted by it, which mm-hmm. is interesting to me. Yeah, and the actors that we got to work with for episodes two through eight were just phenomenal. We really lucked out, but they really, you know, showed that whole range of of emotional impact and the different stages of realization as their characters were hearing and absorbing these messages and 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 what and the implications of the messages. And so that was such a, a rich filming experience just to watch the scripts come to life like that. So, so you're in, in you're in New York. Uh, any like uh, would I mean? There's a lot of actors in New York, and it would be pretty cool to have like some cameos from some pretty famous people. <laughs> anybody that you, anybody that you'd like to have on on the, in the series? Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! So many people. Uh, we love Tina Fey. I love Tina Fey. It'd be so awesome. And you know, she's a New York-based right, yeah. uh, writer and actor. Um, who else? New York-based. Well, she's not New York-based, but we also really love Mindy Kaling. I think she's so funny, and her shows are always so, so amazing. Um, and anybody from Broadway, of course. Uh, yeah, we actually talked about trying to we didn't end up doing this. I didn't do this in any of the scripts for season one, but we were, we were debating like, Oh, should we try to get someone who's like a bit of a public figure uh, or, you know, a little famous to do a cameo. And then we just, you know, didn't end up pursuing that road in the end, but I think that'd be so fun. And that's a great idea for upcoming <laughs> seasons. So thank you. I'm, I'm officially inviting, <laughs> inviting you to the writer's room as well. Awesome. And we do wow. have we do have connections with a few actors, so <laughs> Well amazing. <laughs> well, I know this is you have your premiere and I, we're so happy that you spent some time telling us, you know, about this. It's so fascinating to me. It's gonna be great. Oh well thank you so much for, for having me. And this is this has been so fun, guys. 
Yeah, we'd uh, we'd definitely like to have you back again sometime. To uh... I would love, I'd love to come back. Yes. Yeah, we can uh, talk about uh, how things went with the premiere and you know the ensuing yes. uh, yeah. whirlwind of uh, you know what it's gonna be like for you and uh, you know um, then we can talk about what's you know if you're doing another season and all that um, you know. That would be lovely. Yes. And- yeah, I'm gonna send you guys so many pictures too. But yeah, I'd love to come back and and talk about the premiere and and all that jazz. And once the season's released, too, talk about the release of it. Yeah, yeah. how that's well, going. I'd be interested in if hearing I... like reactions and things like that. Yeah. Yes, because if I if this were a real business, I would like hire a message person to come <laughs> <laughs> and you know deliver a message from me. To you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's better than roses, right? I mean, that is better than just roses. Oh, cat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so your premiere is tonight, and uh, when is it released on YouTube again? Monday, November 15th, uh, all eight episodes will be available on YouTube and then also on our uh, website, which is humantelegraphs.com. Okay, awesome. Uh, If anybody wants to send you ideas, what's the best way to do that? Oh, great question. Um, You could send it to our official Facebook or Instagram page, and it's just humantelegraphs is are the handles for that or we you can send us a message on our website too uh to to stay in touch or you can send us a message actually to our email address which is just a humantelegraphs at gmail.com all right great uh so thanks again for coming and uh you know tell us about this project and uh you know uh, we wish you luck tonight uh, with your premiere thank you so much and thanks so much again for having me this has been really fun all right Go break a leg. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So on that note, we are going to end this podcast. And we thank you for uh, your time. And uh, hope everyone enjoyed the episode. And we'll talk to you all soon. Take care. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to Kat at I write plays at outlook.com or you can write to me at backstory sessions at gmail.com or matt at level11ventures.com. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.